Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Lauren May. I'm on our teaching team here. Uh, Jeremy is traveling this week, um, and we should be seeing him back next week, but he's asked me to share with you guys this week, which is always really awesome to me. Um, I remember uh, someone, I don't remember who it was, it was Kate Maurer. She, she said one time, she's like, whenever you feel weird speaking or nervous speaking, know that you're just talking to your friends and your family. So I love that this church is my home, and I just get to come here and share with you guys um, as my friends and family. So, yeah. Um, one thing I want to tell you guys, a number, another member of our family, Sasha, who is just up here, um, her family in Oregon, uh, they uh, had an apartment fire, and they are all okay, um, but they've lost, like, pretty much everything. Um, so if you guys can keep that in your prayers, um, let's be Sasha's, like, family here um, and lift her up and then lift her family up in Oregon for, in, uh, in prayer, too. So is, you guys think we can do that? Awesome. Good. Okay. Uh, so if you guys call this place home, you know, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and I hope, like me, you guys have really been reflecting on how can I have more of the Spirit in my life? How can I dig more in? How can I see more of God's power in my life and in what I do? But, you know, this has been like a hard thing for me. Um, I'm almost like nervous to admit this, but sometimes I don't feel like vineyard enough when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm not the only one. Okay, so I think uh, I grew up in uh, an open tradition. So like we believed in the work of the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't a daily part of your experience or it wasn't a part of like worship services on the weekend. Um, and I've definitely seen the Spirit like working in people's lives, but I've never seen something where I'm like, there's no other explanation beside the, the Spirit. Like someone was instantly healed, or um, I, I said something and I saw someone's life transformed. Um, and so for me, God speaks to me most, mostly through the Word of God and promptings. It's funny because Derek, my husband's experience is like the complete opposite. So where he grew up, it was... Uh, you know, they were really digging into the spirit every week and people would speak words of prophecy and people spoke in tongues regularly during the worship services. Uh, but what's funny is even though we had really different experiences growing up and we come from two different backgrounds, we tend to feel the same way about what it feels like to get out of your comfort zone um, and speak when the spirit says speak or lead where the spirit or follow where the spirit says to go. I think both of us were saying that, like, if we feel like God is speaking to us, that we need to go speak to someone, it's stressful at first. We play the conversation out in our head, say, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to say this, and I'm going to segue with this and lead in with that, and then this is what it's going to look like, and if they say I'm weird, like, this is what I'm going to say. When in reality, most of the time, what God is calling us to do is just share the love of God with people, which is not weird or awkward at all. Um, he calls us to encourage others, to ask questions, to listen to what they have to say. Uh, if you guys are familiar with the book of Acts, you guys know this uh, story of Philip and the Ethiopian, right? So it's this story of like the Holy Spirit moving in powerful ways. But when we look at that story, we see basically Philip, one of uh, someone part of um, the body of believers at that time, said, okay, the, God is telling me to like stand here and wait. And then he sees a chariot or, I don't know, whatever it was back in the day, come by, and there's someone reading Isaiah. And he feels like God is saying, okay, go talk to him. 
And all he does is he comes up to the chariot. He's like, hey, I've read that book. I'm like really into those books. So can I tell you what it's all about? And the guy said, yeah, sure. And they have this whole conversation which leads this guy to Christ. And that walking up to someone and telling him about a book you really like is not awkward or weird. So why do we freak out? Why are we so weird about this? And what does God call us to? What I'm going to talk about today is how God helps us in our weakness, um, how he fills us with his power, and then what we're called to do with it using a few scriptures. And Angie, if you can go on with for me, this, yeah, perfect, thanks. Um, so we're really gonna dig in to Romans 8, 26 to 31. So if you like taking notes in your Bible or if you like reading your own translation, you can get out your Bible or your phone, because uh, we're gonna look at these few verses for uh, a hot minute. So again, Romans 8, 26 to 31, and the translation I'm using here is the ESV, in case you're a language nerd. Um, it says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Okay, so we're going to, Angie, you can go to the next one. We're going to look closely at the first two verses and the other ones too, but let's start here. So if you know the context of this verse, basically Paul has been talking about how everything has been waiting for the coming of the kingdom. So he talks about creation, all of us groaning in anticipation to become heirs for, of the kingdom and experience that indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And that's happened, right? The Holy Spirit has come, and the restoration of uh, this world, the coming of the kingdom, has begun, right? But it hasn't been completed yet. So this is why, in some ways, we're still weak, right? Even though God is with us, God has filled us and restored us, we still grapple with some of the weaknesses that come along with just being a human here on earth. And so he says, in that weakness, likewise, the Spirit helps us, right? For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Okay, so you know how like in Greek or like in the Inuit, the Inuit language, right, there's like a bunch of words for snow that describe all these different types of snow? Or like in Greek, like the word love, there's four different kinds of love and there's all these shades of meaning. So this word isn't one of those words. Um, it's more like our English word. That word groaning, um, stenogmos, is really too similar to the English word for groan in that it has like a lot of different shades of meaning. So I've learned a lot um, about like different shades of groaning um, being like in a, like living with a husband and asking him to do housework, right? Okay, so like there's a, the, there's a, I have to get off the couch groan, and then there's my groan in response that's like, of course you need to get off the couch groan, and then there's like, I really have to put the dishwa dishes in the dishwasher groan, and then there's like, 
you're not doing it right kind of a groan, right? So there's a lot of different shades of, of how we might groan. It might be uh, the same word means uh, like complaints, um, rumbling, like rah, rah, I don't want to do that. Um, groaning when we're bummed out, like, oh man. But then there's also just like, God, life is rough right now. That's all that word groaning happens uh, with all of those meanings. And I think that in the same way, there's things that the spirit has like depth of groaning over. Um, I remember we, on our honeymoon, we we went to New Zealand and like beautiful country and no one litters. If there's trash on the floor, people like pick it up, even if it's not their trash. And when we came back to Louisiana, (laughs) you guys already know, (laughs) we're turning on airline onto Jefferson and just look and it's like, man, like, there's more trash there than in the entire country of New Zealand, right? And so we groaned about that. And I think that hurts God's heart, too. Like, his will is for the full restoration of creation. But there are things that grieve him more deeply. Um, I think about the education system that I've worked in uh, for a little over a decade. And, y'all, there's a lot of issues with our education system. Um, Things have been aggravated by uh, housing discrimination, classism, racism, um, unfair distribution of resources. And I feel a deeper groan about that than I do about seeing trash on the side of the road. And I think God does too. I think he grieves those things. And then I think about trauma in people's lives. Uh, I think about abuse and uh, mental illness and injustice And God's heart is deeply grieved for those things. It bums him out. It makes him sad. And while we pray for those things, while we pray for relief, uh, we pray for freedom, the Spirit is calling out at the same time with us, groaning an even deeper groan than we can as God speaks his will over us and those we pray for. So be encouraged in knowing that when you pray, even in the silence of your heart or on your own, that God is praying with you. And so then, after considering our difficulty with asking for the right things or praying as deeply as we need to, the Spirit helps us out. So let's look at the next two verses, uh, 28 through 29. It says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So the Spirit is praying with us, is praying over us, so that God can work it all together for our good. You know, we hear this verse a lot, right? Like, uh, God is for us, who can be against us? Um, If, you know, he's going to work it out for our good. But this is a big deal. Um, I was watching a science program about like the cosmos and how big they are and how like our sun is so huge but also so small compared to other suns and that gravity works together so like we don't fly off into the universe and it, it's crazy and then like if you're like continuing down the nerd pathway like I think about quantum physics and electrons and how like all those things work together, move together. And I know, I believe that God put those things into motion and still works inside those things. 
and like ecosystems, right? That uh, that if the population, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going way too far. But there's just so many amazing things that God does and that is always working out on such a massive and also minute scale. It's crazy that in that, God is listening to our prayers and the intercession of the Holy Spirit. He's like, I'm going to work this out too. Just as marvelously as he's worked out the heavens, God is working uh, a plan in our life. But we're not supposed to stop there as Christians. Um, God works for our good, and that's true. But a lot of us uh, sometimes stop here. Okay, so I was looking at some memes this week. So you want to show us the first one, Angie? Okay, so hopefully you can read what this one says. Go ahead and take a second. Okay, so some of you got there, right? So, so I, can, I can do whatever I want, but if you do that, you're probably not getting abs. He says, well, first of all, through God, God, all things are possible, so jot that down, right? So we think, okay, well, yeah, like God is powerful and mighty, right? But he calls us to be a part of it. Or this one, this one just came out. This is one of my current favorite ones. <laughs> okay, so, so, so we, we say these prayers over our food knowing full well that McDonald's is not going to be nourishment to our body, um, <laughs> but we expect, we say, God's going to work it out for our good, we're good to go, but that's not what God is doing. God is not making donuts miraculously healthy for us. It says that Romans says how he works things out for our good. He does it by conforming us to the image of his son, right? And he says the son is going to be the firstborn of a group of many brothers. He's talking about us. We get to be siblings with Christ because God is conforming us to the image of Christ. But then a lot of us um, are so excited to be in that family that we stop there. We say, I've been conformed to the image of God's son. I'm part of a family. This is awesome. I'm just going to work on taking care of me and my own. But if we stop there, if we're happy just being part of a family, we haven't really been conformed to the image of Christ. Because Christ was always trying to add more members to his family. And so this is where we need the Holy Spirit to help us listen for the voice of God. The, um, you can go to the next one, Angie. The word in there I really want to call out for us is this word, called. Okay? It says, for those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? And we love this. If God is for us, who can be against us? He isn't for us to justify every single decision we make or side with our chosen side. He's for us because we are part of the work of the kingdom, and that's the work he loves here on earth. He's for us for doing his will. Um, he's called us to be made right with him so that we get to be part of bringing God's glory here. That word called is another word that is just called. And it's the same word that is used to describe Jesus calling to the disciples in the boat, right? He's calling out, hey, guys, come in. Come be fishers of men. Come be a part of what I want to do. And he does the same thing to us. He says, guys, be a part of what I'm doing here. He's for us and not against us, not so that we just have an awesome life, um, that we're a good person, but so that we can serve others and bring more of the kingdom here to earth. 
So that's hard. That's a lot, right? We're responsible for thinking about how God is transforming us. Um, we want to be part of his work in the kingdom. And earlier in the passage in Romans, he basically told us we don't even pray right without him, right? So, so what do we do, right? We know we're weak in this. So I want to jump to a scripture uh, about what, uh, that Jesus spoke to his disciples before he went to the cross. So basically, this is the conversation that he's having with his disciples, um, his last big chat with them. So it's in John 15. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So just like in Romans, God wants to give us victory. He says, whatever you ask, he'll give it to you. But that's because he's calling us to be a part of what he's already doing. He's told us, he said, if you're my friends, you're going to do what I ask you to do because you want to be in on it. And you're not a servant blindly following. Uh, you're a friend on the inside, aware that God is moving this world towards full restoration, people towards peace and restoration. And we get to take part in that by bearing fruit. We get to be a part of the kingdom work. So I want to like take a pause here just to say too, this is not obey so that you can be saved. Okay? This is not what we, we believe. Okay? This is not um, if you don't do my commands, you're not a part of the family. Um, this is not uh, if you stop doing what I say, uh, you're, you're not saved anymore. It's not what this is saying. Okay? This is not a requirement. It's an invitation. God says, join in with what I'm doing. He says, if we want um, to see the kingdom, if we want to be part of what's going in, on, come in and come closer and be a part of what I'm doing. So then what are we called to obey? What is God saying that we should obey? Well, he's given us his general command. Right? So God has said that you are called to love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as, as, uh, as yourself. And he actually said it even just before he's talking it to his disciples. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And um, spoiler alert, uh, in a few hours, Jesus is going to show us exactly what he means by that. Right? A few hours after he has this conversation with his disciples, he's going to show that this means sometimes we take up the cross and that we're compelled by love for others to lay down our lives. And Jesus did that so that we could draw closer to him, that there was no separation between uh, God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and him. And so we shouldn't make little of that. And so we should look at his word and his example to daily love others by practically serving others, right? And that's the work of a lifetime. And a lot of Christians say, okay, that's, that's where we're going to stop. Like God has told us to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor at yourself, as yourself. And that's awesome work. And a lot of people are doing great work right there. But we're in a series about the Holy Spirit, right? 
So where does the Holy Spirit come to this? And how uh, does the Holy Spirit help our work be even more powerful? Um, Jesus calls us friends because he speaks to us as friends. So sometimes we hear in our hearts what God is telling us to do, to talk to that person, um, stop and help that person out. Uh, go to a new place, uh, change your career, um, change, even sometimes, I remember once God said, you need to start going to a different church, you start going to your local church. And sometimes God calls us to those things, and we're called to follow his will specifically in those mo moments. And you know, some of you guys have experienced this. Like, I've heard stories from you guys about, like, healing people and seeing people's lives changed. Uh, I have a friend, she was telling me um, that, God was telling her one day to go back inside and put on a pink shirt. She's like, that's so weird. Like, why is God telling me to do that? She thought it was really weird. But then she went back inside and she was obedient and she put on her pink shirt. And then after the service that she was at, a lady came up to her and was like, man, I love your shirt. And then the lady started telling her about her life and some things that she was struggling with. And my friend was able to pray with her and speak into her. Um, and her life was changed in that moment. And the lady said, you know, I really just wanted to come up and like talk to you and pray with you. She says, but I didn't know how to walk up to you, uh, but I knew I could go and compliment your shirt. And so I decided to lead in with that. Right? God's transforming lives because of simple obedience. And I remember one time for me, okay, I was uh, driving home and I saw this woman walking on the side of the road and I was like, I need to go pick her up and drive her home. And the rain was coming, and I pulled over, and I was like, hey, can I drive you home? And she's like, no, my house is right there. Like, carry on. And I was really disappointed, right? Like, I really thought that I was listening to God, that I was doing what he called me to do, and that there was going to be this amazing result. And I don't know, maybe, like, he wasn't, it wasn't him, but... Um, I think that a lot of times we want to be responsible or involved in the result of something, but God is just, uh, God just calls us to be obedient, right? Like he just calls us to do what he's told us to do. Um, I don't think God always holds us accountable for the results. I think he's looking for our trust and our faith, um, that he speaks to us and um, he wants to, us to do something about it. And on the other hand, I think I've also decided not to follow something I thought was a prompting as many times as I've obeyed. Um, so in all this, right, God is still faithful. God is compassionate. Uh, God still loves us. Uh, and so I, I want to think about, like, what is my responsibility in this? Like, what can I do to be more obedient, um, to have more of the Holy Spirit in my life, and to see people's lives changed? And so I think there's three things, as I've been reflecting on this, I think there's three things that God calls us to like kind of pray through um, when we feel like we're not seeing the Spirit move in the way that we want to move, um, or maybe we struggle to be obedient. I think there's three things. So the first one is, again, like examine whether or not I'm really willing to be obedient. Because I know a lot of times I'm scared of looking weird or feeling awkward, or like sometimes I just think it's too inconvenient which is crazy, like, God is ready to change someone's life, God is ready to work, and I'm like, God, I want to go play, like, Zelda for a little while, you know, that's, like, it's too bad, um, and so for, for those of us who struggle with that, you know, we've been talking about this Holy Spirit come night coming up, and Jeremy's been talking about, like, 
Like, we don't want to be weird. We don't want to be weird. Like, we don't want to freak people out. And he's right. Like, that really speaks to some people that, okay, I need to think about, like, is this going to cause someone to not want to be here or be involved? But I think for a lot of us, we need to be willing to be a little bit more weird. You know, like, I think I get nervous around these major outpourings of the Holy Spirit, but what a great place that we have in a community of believers to, like, see what God has for us and see how the Holy Spirit wants to work for us. Because I think the problem is a lot of times we, we say to ourselves, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to do this, but it might not be God. I'm like pretty sure it's not God, so I'm not going to do it. But like what if we flipped that? What if it was like this might be God, like this could be him, so shouldn't we do it like just in case, right? Um, if you're a seeker here or if like you are not a believer, um, I know it sounds like super weird. What are these people talking about? Uh, God speaking to you. That's very strange. Uh, just like as the cliff notes to this is like, we believe that God speaks to us to spread his love. Plain and simple. We are supposed to, we're called to make heaven, are called to make this world more like heaven as much as possible. And so his callings for us are callings of love. Okay? They're not callings to make you feel weird or to be more mystical, um, but to love and serve better. Uh, and I know it may still sound weird, but you're welcome here, and we love you if you think this is weird. So, yeah. So, again, first, are we willing to be obedient? Like, are we, have we laid ourselves before God and said, God, I want to obey you? Um, and then next, I think sometimes when we ask for things, we ask for the wrong reasons. Um, if you like, if you're a Christian and you like getting yelled at, uh, James is a really good book of the Bible to read. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, like, he just really tells it as it is, and it's not up here, but uh, James 4.3, uh, he says, yet even when you do pray, your prayers are not answered because you pray just for selfish reasons. I'm like, ouch, but like, yeah, kind of, <laughs> right? Um, when I first moved here, so I came to teach with a program that intentionally places people in difficult schools, okay? I, I you know, green teachers. I had like a month of training and their head said, go, go jump in and do it. Uh, my first years of teaching were not great. They were very hard. And I remember the church I was going to talked a lot about God is ready to transform your situation and he can turn it around right now. And I believe that. And I know God does that. And so I would pray every week. I would say, God, just Make the kids stop talking when I'm talking. Um, make them understand what I'm teaching them. And it didn't change. Um, God didn't fix it. And I think it was discouraging because it's like, okay, is God not for me? Like, am, am I not supposed to be doing this? And I really, I, I don't understand why God doesn't clear the path before us. But I think if I'm honest about what I was praying for, I just didn't want to fail so much. Uh, I hadn't experienced that, and I, God had a lot to teach me in me not being a very good teacher. <laughs> and um, I, I know now that I'm more compassionate with new teachers. So that's what I do now. I work with I work with other teachers, and I know, like I know the struggle is real, right? Um, I know I'm stronger because of my experiences. Um, I cry a lot less after school, which is nice. Every now and then, but not too much. And, and I think the, the cool thing is, too, because in that, like, I don't want to be selfish in that and say that it's okay that I wasn't a good teacher for 40-some students, right? Because, like, 
their experience matters too. But I know that talking to some of my students years later, they're like, yeah, like we got it. Like you made the impact you wanted to make. Um, and I'm still fussing at kids sometimes and I, I, I still, they still talk when I'm talking too often. Uh, but I know that some days I can do really good work uh, because God gave me the strength to work hard at it. So am I willing to be obedient? Am I seeking God's power for the right reasons? And then finally, this is the story I want to close with. Um, am I pers persistent? So I know that there's been times where I'm, I just pray, God, if your radical power is real, show me. Let me see someone healed or heal my knee or whatever. But as I reflect back, I realize that I'm not very persistent in those prayers. Like I think about it every now and then, but it's not something that I'm constantly coming to God with. And Jesus tells us a story in Luke 18. It's the parable of the persistent widow. I really love this story and I love the way the story starts. He says, he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Love that. Sometimes when Jesus tells stories, he's telling them to make us reflect on our situation or um, change. But I love that this story is just to remind us that we can keep praying and that God doesn't want us to give up and lose heart. Says so he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, okay, aka this is not like Jesus or God, right? This guy's not a nice guy. Um, he says, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over, will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I love this story, right? Because it reminds me that God is not annoyed when I persistently ask him for things. When I keep coming to his door, sitting at his feet and saying, God, I need more of your presence in my life. I need your spirit to speak over me. I need you to help me do the work you've called me to do. Now, this is not the prosperity gospel, okay? These are things that we're asking God for that align with his will and his heart. Like, change me. Show me how to serve others. Heal me. Heal my family. Not like, I wish I had a million dollars. That's not what he's saying. Okay. And the reality is that even when we are willing to be obedient, even when we pray with the right motives, and even when we pray persistently, sometimes God says no. Or he says no to things here on earth and says, just wait until you get to my throne room. But he says us, don't lose heart. Keep praying because he's not going to de delay long. And we know, again, from the very beginning that he prays with us. And so that last line, it says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I think about us. I'm like, when God pours out his spirit in this church, 
when God gives us opportunities to speak to our city and to serve our city, will he find faith at Vineyard Church of Baton Rouge? Does he find us here as a people who are willing to speak when he says speak? Um, does he find us as a people who have right motives in their hearts and want to um, love others and, and serve him? And I think, um, will he find a people who have the courage to love and listen persistently to others and to, to him? So I think if we can say those things, if we're doing those things, we trust God for everything else. Uh, let's talk about some practical tips. So I uh, want you guys to think about, like, what is it that you're groaning about? What are you always asking God for? I want you, as you pray through that this week, or I found it, like, reading over a journal that I had done for the past year. I was like, man, I'm praying for this again and again and again and again. As you're thinking about that, I encourage you guys to reflect on your willingness in that. Like, are you willing to do whatever God says in this situation? Uh, your motives in it, and then your persistence in it. Are you willing to go before the throne of God again and again and ask for these things? And then in that, continue to pray, knowing that the Holy Spirit prays with you in that. In the next... Um, the second practical tip is uh, go to a VC tonight or this week. And these have all been talking about, like, what is your experience with the Holy Spirit? How does the Holy Spirit work? I encourage you, you guys to be honest with the people in your group about your experience with the Holy Spirit. I was really nervous at the beginning of this service to say, I don't feel the Holy Spirit in the way some people do. And thanks, guys, for, like, not being mean about it, right? Um, so be willing to be honest if you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life or if the Holy Spirit talks to you in mighty ways. Share that too. And then press in more to the Holy Spirit. So I know that I have a lot more ahead of me. You know, I have time to see God move in mighty ways. Seeing his spirit poured out might be just around the corner for me. So I'm going to encourage you um, so look to the future and preemptively obey God. Think about something this week that might feel weird to you. Okay. We aren't called to force the Spirit or uh, you know, pretend something is from God just because we want to obey or do something. Um, but we can tell God this week that, God, I'm willing to be more open and I'm willing to obey when you call me to it. So... With that, uh, we're going to go into a time of some more music and communion. Um, we practice open communion here at the Vineyard. So that means if you feel compelled to come to the table, and we have two stations in the side and one in the back, and they're all gluten-free because we want everyone to participate together, bring that preemptive obedience to him. Right? Say, God, I am ready to obey you. Or if you're not ready for that, if you're not willing to be willing, which I understand, I've been there, bring that to God at the table too. Because here's the thing, when we go to communion, we sit before God, we sit in the presence of Christ, our friend. So be honest with your friend as you come to pray with him now. All right, we're going to do two songs and then we'll close out, um, but feel free to take communion now.